When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Auburn Tigers make a change in defensive coordinator and the transfer portal is heating up. Let's talk about it on this Tuesday night edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody is well and blessed. I am your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Blake, things got a little stormy today down here in our area, man. I hope everybody made it out safe. How are you tonight, brother? I'm doing well, man. You're 100% right. Uh, Scary times around midnight to 4 a.m. today. So, you know, if anybody had any damage done to their house, uh, I know a couple people that lost roofs and fences and uh, you know, playgrounds out back for the kids and everything. Um, you know, we're praying for you guys, and we just hope everybody out there stays safe because it it did. It got a little hairy, man. It was it was rough, and I had to drive to work in it this morning. Uh, it was it was tough, man. I got about a thirty minute drive into work, and and I, I go up uh, sixty five north. So I go uh, I-10 eastbound to 65 north, and I get off at the Pritchard exit. So it, it was a little drive, and it was a little hectic. So, uh, But glad it's out of here, man, and glad Auburn has picked up some momentum, Dustin. Uh, you know, the, the transfer portal, getting a couple guys, and then we made a change at D.C. And, you know, I, I feel like we've had a couple good days for the Auburn Tigers football program after a stretch where it kind of felt like there was – you know, just a lot of negativity swirling. I feel like we're back on track, brother. Yeah, I agree with you. We're about to get into all that. We got a basketball game tipping off here in just around mm-hmm. an hour. So, and you can catch uh, everybody can catch me and Blake. We'll be on the post game tonight over the War Pour with Ike. So, uh, check us out there. I think we'll be uh, talking about a dub, buddy. I think we're going to get yeah. over that Texas A and M hump. But tonight, we're going to talk some football. And Blake mentioned it. Got some momentum, starting with a couple of guys that we thought maybe were going to leave. Uh, Jason Jones, Dylan Wade had some. I would say cryptic stuff going around on social media and then Keontae Scott with an interesting 48 to 72 hours for him um, entered the portal, got right back out the portal. And um, so Blake, just talk about first off getting your, your starting left tackle back. You're getting a guy like Jason Jones. You, uh, we also added a guy in the, um, in the defensive line here out of the portal. So that's a guy that you can pair up with Jason Jones. There. We'll talk about him in a second, Trill Carter. Mm-hmm. And then the big one here is Keontae Scott, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about Ron Roberts, but before before I pass it to you, I just got to say, connect the dots here. Ron Roberts is is now is takes the job at Florida, aka let go at Auburn, and then Keontae Scott uh, shortly after says, "I'm coming back to Auburn." I think that was uh, very very telling. But just your thoughts on this right here, buddy. Uh, first, I'll start with Dylan Wade. I think the Monty uh, firing, or whatever you want to call it, uh, him being let go from Auburn. I think when he posted that little cryptic tweet of the heartbreak and all that, you know, um, I, I think this is a an example of having to recruit your own roster in the day of the transfer portal. And I think Hugh and, and the staff had to have some conversations with Dylan. And, and I think they just had to say, Hey, look, we, you know, we want you to come back. We need you to, we need you on this offensive line. We need you at Auburn. And, you know, I, I don't think Dylan Wade was leaving. But I do love the message that he he sent out, you know, saying that he was coming back with the the Wolf of Wall Street post. And then Jay Fair, obviously a guy who was mentioned that could portal and everything, you know, that rumor was swirling for a little while. He retweeted it and was like, hey, what a video to announce you're returning. Love that. Um, Jason Jones. He announced that he was – announcing something on Twitter and he said, he's coming back. I think if we would have lost him, that would have hurt, man. And like, I know he didn't have the year that everybody thought that he would have this past season, but we're so thin 
on that line. Like, if we would have lost him and he would have said, hey, I'm going into the portal or I'm going to the draft or whatever, uh, that would have been heartbreaking. Uh, and then now you add, like you like you mentioned, we'll talk about in a second, Trill Carter, a guy that can play off of him. Uh, that's that's big for, for Auburn and depth and things like that. So uh, yeah. getting Jason back, that's huge, especially after losing Marcus, man. So moving on to, to Keontae. Um, man, what a whirlwind of emotions <laughs> from just the Auburn fan base. You and I, yeah, for sure. Uh, our guys at the Warpour, just every Auburn fan was heartbroken that Keontae Scott said they were expected to enter the portal. He was expected to enter the portal. It just felt like, uh, you know, a shot in the gut, man, where you just, and that's our guy. That's our guy. No way, no way Agent Zero can leave. There's just no way. And he made that video and he told us how much he loved Auburn. And he told us how much he wasn't done at Auburn. And his time in Jordan Harris Stadium wasn't done. And just to see that, you know, he went on Ace's Twitter space and said that, you know, he was out of the portal. He was returning to Auburn. This is a secondary that is young. It's young next year. It's young, all right? And you have Kay and Lee, who was rumored to, right before the portal closed, hey, Kay and could be entering the portal. That would have been atrocious. All these things are connected, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Keontae, all right, those are your two leaders, and apparently – those two guys were rumored that they might flirt with the portal. So guess what, folks? All right, I know a lot of people out there have been saying that Ron Roberts, he, did, he didn't get fired, okay? Well, guess what? <laughs> you can call it that all you want. Right. He created a toxic work environment, all right? And when you create toxic work environments, you lose your job period. And it was either we lay this on Hugh Freeze's desk and say, do you want to lose this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, or do you want to keep this guy? Simple as that. Simple as that. That's what it boiled down to. Let's cut all the other stuff of, you know, he took another job. He didn't take a step down to go coach linebackers at Florida. All right, he didn't take a step down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Auburn. Auburn saves the buyout here. That's yeah, why it took. That's why it that's took it. so long. Auburn that's saves it. the buyout. You already fall on the sword with Philip Montgomery. You got to pay the three million dollar buyout. You're already paying Potato Head way more than he ever earned, and yep. so you're looking at it, and you you were just trying to get out of here. Um, mm. And like you talk about Kay and Lee, and yeah, bro, it all it's all connected to Ron Roberts. Is, isn't it funny that? As soon as they announced that Ron Roberts was yeah. out, yeah. everybody said, "Hey, we're clocked back in. Let's go." <laughs> All right. It's it's the simple it's, it's it's as simple as this. When when Crime Dog went off the field in the middle of the season, that man was making people not want to coach anymore. He was making players not want to play anymore. So that's what it boiled down to was you can lose all of these people over here. You already lost crime, but you can lose all of these people, all of these players, or you can keep this guy. What you going to do? And, you know, I, I think Hugh made the, the right decision. Now I think he's got a big decision, an even bigger decision, of who you're going to hire because – you got to get this one right. And I'm not saying Ron Roberts was wrong because I thought he did great things. I love some of the times where he brought pressure. I love what he did with Keontae. I love the way he used uh, DK. Um, there was some concerning things, and, and we all know the one biggest concerning thing. Uh, but there was some some calls on third and longs where, you know, we would go to that Big 12 
We love that rush three, drop eight. And uh, But for the most part, I thought he was a pretty damn good D.C. And I thought he did a, a, a nice job at Auburn. But when you create a, a toxic work environment, things have to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him well. I wish him well. He knows football. I think he's a great guy. I just think we, we graded him what? I think when we did our grades a week or two, we both gave him somewhere in the B's. I think I gave him yeah. like a B, maybe a B plus. You gave him like a B minus. We were we were yeah. gave him high grades. So it's not on the field. And I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great person. He's still got years left. Fourth and thirty one. That's a fact. Uh, but sometimes some people are just hard to work for, and they're hard to work with. Yeah. And that's what it was here, man. And you know, it's it's. It, of course, the media is going to spin this. The media is going to spin this and say, well, here goes Auburn again. They can't get their coordinators right once again, you know, and and that's what it's come to. So that's why I think it's a big decision here for Hugh to absolutely nail both of these hires. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll speak. I'll give you my thoughts in a second. I want to pop over and get some of the comments. Uh, Thomas got in here. Good evening, Thomas. Say, glad I made it through the weather. We appreciate <laughs> you, brother. Uh, Brad Browning, what's up, Brown? Good evening, brother. He says, Freeze is officially calling the offense next year. Thank goodness. Blake, I got to say a little something about this real quick. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. So uh, when this all broke, 24-7, uh, I believe it was Nathan King, Justin Hokuson over at On3, and on our special edition live stream that we did Saturday, all in uh, those are the three that I know, and then over our guys over the Warpore as well. Whenever they did their live stream talking about uh, Montgomery being let go, those are four people right there that I can tell you that before Saturday at noon, all reported that Hugh Freeze would be calling the plays. Today, Chris Lowe comes in, tweets out at like 7 a.m. in the morning, and then ESPN runs a story that his sources have told him that they're running that they're calling the plays. Welcome to the well, Hugh Freeze calling. Welcome to the party, Chris Lowe. Like, and and this is, and this is, this is the thing that national media does. They, they let the, they let the local guys do the scoot, get everything. And then he comes in and, and I'm sure he probably, he may have text you freeze or, you know, sexting or whatever and got, and then got the confirmation. But like, you're, you're literally four days late here. And then I saw it going across the bottom ticker all day on ESPN. And I was like, geez, Louise, brother, we talked about this Saturday morning, but (laughs) you know, like whatever, dude, whatever. Um, the Walker show, what's up, buddy? The Walker show says convenient that Keontae came back after Ron left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, man. And look, um, I've been really high on Ron Roberts all year. I thought he did a great job. I thought he did a great job with a little to work with. Right. Uh, he just didn't have a lot of depth on, on the defensive line. My understanding and what's been reported is, the, the disagreement with him and Crime Dog started from Crime Dog wanted to bring a little bit more pressure, and he wanted to be more aggressive in man coverage, and Ron felt like we don't have the guys to do that yet. Now, I think the arguments – I mean, obviously the fourth and thirty fourth and goal from the 31 is going to stand out and live in infamy forever, and unfortunately for the good job that he did, that'll be the one play that he's remembered for, despite I could say we don't win the bowl – we don't make a bowl game without him. Um, you definitely don't win the cow game without him. We could go down the line a little bit, but um, ultimately, it's like you said, man. The, the toxic work environment and in, a, in the football world that leads to culture. And man, these coaches don't get along a lot of times. This isn't new, right? Football players don't always get along, but they're but they're able to work together towards a common goal a lot of times. Crime dogs coach a lot of football. Yep. I've never heard of him just stepping away. And saying, I ain't doing this. And a lot of I mean, that's very rare. I've never very rare I've heard that where a coach just says, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yep. I'll step off. Because like I said, a lot of these guys don't get along. I mean, there's not always, you know, this great big family thing. And for him to say, I can't even, I can't even. It, it just it kind of speaks, kind of speaks to it. A guy like Kay and Lee, who was Likes Auburn, happy to be at Auburn. Keontae, team captain, you know, says that he's happy to be at Auburn. And then all of a sudden, these guys are flirting with the portal. And then, nope, I'm not going to now that you made this decision. I think it's uh, I think it's very telling. And um, another thing, too, Blake, you know, our, we did the uh, – we kind of told our members a couple of days before this became official that this would come and kind of laid out the reasons. And we just told them that, like, this is – it's it's not – 
it's not on the field, you know. It, it, this mm-hmm. is just not it's not the on the field thing. I think that Hugh was probably happy with what um with what Ron did on the field, but he's looking at it and he's saying, okay, <laughs> I got some locker room problems here. The season isn't going the way I wanted to go on the field. I really got to get a total buy in here, and I got to get it as close to harmony, whatever you know, it's kumbaya, rainbow, whatever you want to call it. Right? It's got to be as close to that uh, as it really can be in order for this to work it's got to be a lot better than what it was what we saw um what we saw in nashville and i'll say this as good as ron roberts was coaching on the field as good as some of the some of the stuff he did on the field was um when you see lack of effort like we saw in nashville i saw some guys that didn't want to play for their coach right i think that's something i think that's something you can look at too and say that these guys really <coughs> They really want to give their all for him. Um, they, you know, they, they surely didn't look like they wanted to in Nashville. So, um, ultimately, man, I think it's the right move to make. And I know that the quarterback situation is going to be really important for Hugh in the future. But man, nailing these next two, these next two coordinator hires are really they might be the determinant factor. Maybe not so much the offensive side because it's kind of he's really the OC there. Um, but this defensive one will be huge for him. And Blake, the good news is, I think if you look over the history of his coaching career, he usually hires pretty good defensive coordinators. Hugh Freeze will have a good defense. It's a fact. Uh, just look at the studs that he brought to Oxford, man. Like Ole Miss, they didn't have nothing before he got there. They were losing to Jacksonville State, and yeah. I mean, he brought the Kimdichi brothers up there. Like, the, the, dude can dude can get after it, man. Yeah, Thomas says we've been adding depth from the portal on the D line the last few years, and I love to see if we can find the guy who impacts the game like Marcus did. So let's get over here, Thomas, so we could use that as our transition to talk about Trill Carter as uh, he transferred in from Texas. I believe he played 23 snaps in the uh, in the playoff game the other day from Leesburg, Georgia. He has one year of eligibility remaining. Six foot three, 300 pounds, and look, I know the stats aren't eye popping. I don't think he's being brought in to be an eye-popping stats kind of guy. You look at the guy that we brought in from Purdue last year, Lawrence, uh, it kind of reminds me a lot of that. And then ultimately we needed him, right? And he and Lawrence was able to step in and be productive. And uh, me and you were kind of talking before we were recording, and I think a, I think a good point is, is that uh, you look at some of the guys that left at this position, guys like Sledge and guys like Johnson who had never played. Well, if you're replacing those with a guy – that is only played that is that has played and does have. Hey, it was twenty three snaps, but it was twenty three snaps of playoff experience. That's more than Sledge or Roberts have ever played, right? Or maybe it was Stephen Roberts, the, the young kid. Um, but so you're trading, you're making a trade there with a guy that's actually played some ball, and he's not he's not going to start. He's not going to be expected to start. And then, like you said, you just said it. Hugh Freeze wants to bring in dogs, so you're getting a guy here with one year of eligibility. You're just waiting for Malik Blocked, and you're waiting for TJ Lindsay. You're waiting for some of them young guys that you just brought in to develop, and he's just kind of a bridge gap to get you there. Your thoughts on Trill? And an dope name, by the way, sick name, brother. Yeah, uh, Gage Keys and, and yeah, Trill yeah, Carter. Matching, yeah, matching them up with like, Gage Keys too, yeah. Yeah, man, like uh, we're killing it in the in the name portal. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, look, Trill Carter, a guy that's played a lot of college football, I think he was at Minnesota before he was at Texas. I believe I heard that. Don't quote me on it. But. Yeah, I believe it was Minnesota. Uh, so, look, Big Ten in the trenches in the Big Ten, coming to Texas down in the trenches. Um, I'll take it on this D line all day of the week. All right, and and like Dustin said, I don't expect him to start. I don't expect him to put up eye popping numbers. But at the end of the day, you get a guy on that D line. And that's the area that we're super thin at, and we need everything that we can get on that D-line. I'll take it. I'll take it 10 out of 10 times. And, look, it could – uh, yeah, Minnesota. Appreciate that, Walk Show. Um, I just think this is an area that, like you said, they're kind of – they're wanting those young bucks to grow up. So what do you want to do? You want to bring in a guy who's played a lot of college football, who's experienced, who's a leader. All right, that, I think that's the biggest thing for Hugh right here. We talk about culture problems. 
You want to bring in a guy, hey, man, you're coming back a little closer to home. All right? You're not all the way out in Texas anymore, yeah. in Minnesota. Coming closer to home for your last year. Come teach these guys up. Show, show them everything you know. And then give us a little bit of production on the field. And uh, I, I think it was a, a, a great move for Auburn. And I'm excited to, to you know, trill the thrill Carter hey. to uh, to make a tackle in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Right. Everybody go nuts. Yeah, and if he doesn't pan out, one-year eligibility, right? Yeah. But I, but I think that he's got enough tape now. You know what he is. You know what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a big third-down stop in the playoff game there. So, an experienced guy. I do like to pick up. Just set your expectations right. And I like that you mentioned Gage Keys as well because um, there you go. Like I said, you lost two young cats in the portal. Well, now you're replacing them with two guys who, again, aren't going to set the world on fire, but they do have experience. So I do think you've upgraded death pieces. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, again, bridge gaps to get in these young cats that we're recruiting. TJ Lindsay might not be ready to go. Um, we're expecting a guy like Deron Reed. You know, we need him to get in there, but he's still going to be a, a redshirt freshman next year. So we still got these young pieces. They can't all be Keldrick Falks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rico Walker. Tied in 6'4", 235, transfer from Maryland, originally out of Hickory, North Carolina. He is a redshirt sophomore with three years of eligibility remaining. I believe he had four catches for 27 yards. And um, like I was telling you before we hit record, I think this is kind of your replacement for Montrevious Collins. Montrevious Collins was originally committed in the uh, 2024 high school recruiting class for us. Uh, we parted ways from him. He was committed to Bama. They committed to us. He just kind of fell down the board, didn't have the best senior season. He got hurt. And uh, I think that here you're adding a kid with basically, you know, three years of eligibility, so not too far from being a true freshman. And it gives you it gives you a guy that has played some college football. He has experience, so you're not having to show him the ropes. And a versatile guy, Blake, that's expected to play H-back and do a little bit of everything. That was the role they were expected uh, expecting Montrevious Collins to play. So I think that, that was, again, not necessarily a trade, but you see what I'm saying. They just kind of mm-hmm. said, okay, here's a guy we'll use to fill that role that we had originally planned. And um, he's not your Rivaldo Fairweather type tied in, but he can make some plays. He can go out there and catch it. But definitely more of your traditional H-back style will be a lot in uh, in 12 personnel, 13 personnel type thing, goal line situations, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I'm excited about this pickup as well. And they, the guys that uh, the guys that really know a lot about him say that he has a high ceiling. So you, there could be something, something extra there too. So you're telling me he can block. Hey, I mean, <laughs> what they say, bro, that's what they say. I'm sure so, I'll do some film breakdowns for us soon. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that because uh, that's probably what I'm most excited for, I guess. Um, and and like you said, the high ceiling, 6'4", 235. Yeah. I'll take it all day. Uh, that's one thing Auburn needs. Pass catchers and, uh, and the tight end position is something that Hugh uh, just – absolutely lives off of in his offense right he, he loves throwing the ball uh over the middle of the field and when he was at Ole Miss he had some hellacious tight ends and so this is my biggest thing with with Rico Walker is you're bringing him into a room where you're kind of losing some things right mm-hmm. and after this after this next season in 2024 you're going to be kind of thin at that at that position so you're bringing a guy in, like Dustin said, three years of eligibility left, and that's kind of a guy that you can put a staple on and say, hey, look, come come be like this cat, all right? We're thin. We need you. Uh, come come join Rico Walker. So, and I know we got the we got the 25 kid uh, coming in and everything. So. Yeah, Ryan Gay. Yeah. yeah. Or G. G yeah. one of the two. I forget. Yeah, which it, yeah, I, whichever they call it. Um, yeah, I, know he's, it I know he's talented. Yeah. So, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to some comments. Thomas says internal is always bigger than external can turn in a team. Yeah, when you get like if you get to those Georgia Bama levels, then there can be there can be some internal, and you can still win. Now, eventually, it'll come apart. The, the Shaq Kobe's. You think back to the Jordan era, where those guys just couldn't get along with their front office, their GMs. You know, but there can be a lot of infighting within a team, franchise, program, whatever it is. Eventually, it will come apart. But you can ride. I mean, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were not the best friends for a long time, right? They won a lot of rings, but that's the point. You got to be up there. It's hard to build it, and everybody not be on the same page. That's tough. And uh, I think getting here to some other comments, um, let's see. 
I did see one where the Walker Show asked, who's y'all's top of the list? I got Chris Kiffin or Zach Arnett, maybe Cody C's, Charles Kelly and someone. And I see some other questions about uh, asking about DC and all that kind of stuff as well. So I'll just say this, Blake, and I'll get your opinion on it. The names that we're hearing um, are all guys, for the most part, I'm not sure if Zach Arnett, because that is a name that's popped up. I'm not sure if Zach Arnett and Hugh have any history coaching together, but I do know that before what happened with uh, with the untimely passing of Mike Leak last year, it was a very real possibility that Zach Arnett was going to be our next DC. So that's kind of where all that comes from. And I have heard, I'm thinking you have as well, right, that there, that there has been some interest there, and that's mm-hmm. a possibility. But there's also uh, the kid, the guy from – he is the linebacker coach of the Texans right now, Chris Griffin. Chris mm. Griffin. I've been watching too much Family Guy. Let's go. I just called my man Chris Griffin. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Chris Kiffin. Excuse me, brother. Of uh, the brother of Lane Kiffin. Um, there's also this rumor as well. A guy conservative Cowboys saying that he's hearing that Houston linebacker Chris Kiffin uh, will be the new DC. That's also out there as well. And him and Hugh do have history together. So the point that I'm making, Blake, is. Um, OC, DC, both these positions are open. I think that Hugh just hired two guys that he didn't have any history with, and it didn't work. Now I think that yep. him and Philip getting, I think him and Philip got along. It didn't mesh on the field, and then I think that it worked with Ron on the field, but obviously the stuff off the field didn't mesh. Yep. I bet that we see Hugh Freeze go and get two guys that he knows and is coached with before, or maybe, maybe if it's Arnett again, I'm not sure if they cut, but. For guys from his tree that he can trust, man. That's where I think we're going to go here. Yeah, you know, everybody's screaming about Zach Arnett. I, I don't, you know, I, I've seen some people out there saying, you know, I don't want Zach Arnett. He was bad at Mississippi State. Like I told you all about Charles Kelly when that hire was made, don't judge Zach Arnett off of what you saw at Mississippi State. That was a bad situation. Bad situation. Go back and watch Mississippi State's defense, though. Mississippi State's defense beat Arizona, all right? Mm -hmm. Mississippi State's defense beat Arizona at the beginning of the the season. The same Arizona team that won 10 games. The same Arizona team that beat Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl, I believe it was. Um. Their defense was pretty dang good, man. And Zach Arnett can coach. And I think that is a one hell of a hire if you can bring Zach Arnett into this program. Yeah. And and I'll give I'll give him that, man. Mississippi State, I, I yeah, he made mistakes on on offense and uh going to the pro style and everything when they were in air raid and they didn't have the offensive line to make that change. He made mistakes, but it was a it was a bad situation. He didn't even want to be the head coach. He just said, "Hey, I'm not going to give up on my guys because of everything that happened." Now, with Kiffin, I mean, they say he's a recruiting animal. They say he's a recruiting animal, and they say he's a heck of a DC, and he can he can coach obviously coach linebackers at, at the NFL level. I'm all for that hire. Uh, I think you're getting a guy that has SEC experience. He's linked with you before. You can't be mad at it. And I love everything I'm hearing when they say it's not going to get past those two because what do we know as Auburn fans when we hear something? We're like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. And then three, four, <laughs> five down the line, you end up with the guy. Right. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'll take either one of these guys. Well, Jazzy doesn't agree. Jazzy with a $10 super chat. Our dog Jazzy says, y'all know we're about to get Brian Van Quarter. <laughs> I'll riot, bro. I'll riot, brother. You'll see me at Tumors with a with a picket sign. Hey, he uh, he is at Gulf Shores High coaching football. That's right, bro. That's One right. state championship. State title. State yeah. title. And they just moved up a district. Let's see what they got. Yep. They got some sick jerseys. Uh, John Stokes. Wardam Eagle from Alaska. Yeah. Love that freeze is calling the plays next year. OC needs to be a great recruiter. Appreciate you tuning in from Alaska, brother. That's big yeah. time. Man, that's awesome. Um, and then I do agree. I also had one that up here that I want to get to. Our guy Jonathan Hubbard. Good evening, Jonathan said, uh, still need a stud recruiter. Kent Austin OC with Darren Nick's co-OC. I would love this. Um, 
Blake, you know, I've been calling for 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 Kent Austin to be the OC for three months at this point. Whenever since I saw, we all saw that this Philip Montgomery deal just wasn't going to work out. It just it, and it didn't take long to see that. Um, yeah. It just would it just would make the most sense to me. Um, you know, again, a guy that you trust, a guy that is good with quarterbacks. He was developed a lot of his uh, or credited a lot of his development of quarterbacks over his time coaching to Ken Austin. And it's, I mean, Hugh's the offensive coordinator here. So it's just, I don't really care. And it's like, uh, I was thinking about this today when I was making our banners and stuff for the show tonight. Cause you know, everybody knows I'm a big Bucks fan. I don't even think the Bucks, cause Todd Bowles is the head coach and he's calling the defense. And everyone that knows anything about the NFL knows Todd Bowles is, is a damn good defensive coach. Yeah. He's kind of out on head coach, but back to back playoffs. Um, but I don't even think like there's not even a pretend DC. Like if there is, I've, they've never mentioned him. I I kind of yeah. looked it up today just like because I was interested. I was like, do we have a, at the Bucks? Do we have a D? And it's like there's not one. It's just Todd Balls is the head coach and he's a DC. That's what you're gonna get here. So I do like the. Uh, I, I've I've been a big fan of this Jonathan. Get the recruiter in there and then let Hugh Freeze get the guy. I will say Blake, this is a concern. I wouldn't say a concern. I have. But it's something that uh, playing devil's advocate, when we're looking at the D.C., if we get a guy at D.C. that's also a stud recruiter, my thing is kind of you already got the stud recruiter in Charles Kelly. You've already mm-hmm. got a stud recruiter in Jeremy Garrett and Josh Aldridge. Zach Gethard is still on staff. We'll see how all that goes. I know there's rumors out there. Um, you still got Hugh Freeze. Like, you've got plenty of guys that can recruit. I wouldn't mind if you got an X's and O's guy at D.C. like you have with Ron Roberts and then have a staff kind of fill it out. That would be my only concern is if we just had a staff full of recruiters, as much as I love and value recruiting, I would you know a couple of X's and O's guys wouldn't hurt me. I want somebody to bring in some fairy dust to sprinkle on Peyton Thorne and turn this thing around. Uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, make I mean, something happen, man. Give me some, give me some magic dust or something. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to the Mexico State game, and the magic dust would be called pass protection. And let's yeah. go back to the Iron Bowl, and the magic dust would be called pass protection. Let's go back to the Georgia game, and the magic dust would be called wide receivers catching the ball. Then, yeah, then we got to go to the rest of them. A and M, Peyton Thorne needs some magic dust. Music yeah. City Bowl. Peyton Thorne meets some magic dust. So yeah, the I hope, man, that that um boy, I hope that that after that old miss game, when Hugh hopped in there and said, I'm taking over this thing. And then um obviously with the way the calendar works, and you're basically somebody mentioned on our live show Saturday how free agency starts right before bowl games. And I'm just hoping that what we saw in Nashville was Hugh was just so focused on re-recruiting the current roster because things definitely got dicey there, especially on the defensive side with the whole Ron Roberts situation. Um, and then also trying to lock in that 2024 class. Obviously, he went up, he went, went down with K.J. Bolden and all those guys to the very end. He still had to secure the flip of Amaris Williams, who, by the way, I know that Walker White kind of stole the show, looking as mm-hmm. good as he did in the All-American game the other day. But Amaris Williams yeah. played like a dog, bro. Amaris Williams, another, another young guy on that defensive line that's going to be coming in. When you talk about Trill Carter, just kind of those guys like that. Gage Keys filling that gap for those guys to get in there. <laughs> Put me down the bench. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. It. I mean, yeah. Janice, I don't listen. I don't disagree. Um, yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got to do a show. We got to be nice. We can't just come on here and crap all over people. But yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I'm with you. The play's not there. And I've never been big on Peyton Thorne, man. I've never. Um, I never really was. I mean, I, for a long time, I thought the best route was just run the option uh, with Robbie. That was fun thing. Now that Robbie's not here, I don't want to get down this road tonight, but I just want to, you know, it was funny how it was always like people, the people would come at me about the Robbie stuff. And I'm like, I'm not saying I wanted to throw the ball 30 times a game. I'm saying I don't think we have anybody that can throw the ball 30 times a game. So let's mm-hmm. just run the damn ball with the quarterback and every now and then hit him over the top. I was never trying to claim, let's step back and just sling this thing with Robbie um, because I just don't think we have the receiver. So, like, and that plays into the Peyton Thorne conversation, too. Um, I don't think PT is the guy. I, you know this going back to, and our listeners do too. I, I said that um, I wasn't overly high, but I wasn't overly down on him. I just thought it was just, it kind of was what it was with him coming in Auburn. Uh, I did just hours of film breakdown on him in the summer and I watched all of them and I was like, 
okay. I mean, this is kind of average. It's, it is what it kind of is. He had elite. He, he had got. elite playmakers at Michigan State. He had elite playmakers. Yeah. He and had my, Kenneth Walker, and he had Keon Coleman. Oh, Keon Coleman. He, he had elite playmakers. Um, I mean, I I, I think. I think he could be a game manager, uh, but as far as like getting you to the playoffs and and all of that, man, no. no. Yeah, John says I'm sorry, but Thorne is not the guy who gets me bad. Jeremy Johnson during the headlight look too much. I ain't gonna call him Jeremy Johnson because you can win a game with Peyton Thorne. Yeah, he ain't that if bad. receivers would have caught the ball versus Georgia and some other things would have happened, maybe Cameron makes that pick, you can win the game, right? I mean, you had Bama beat. I don't think you could win a game with Jeremy Johnson. But I do hear you. Look, I'm not. I'm not getting on there pounding the desk saying Peyton Thorne is that dude. If we can upgrade, we can upgrade. Dustin, uh, John, what uh, what part of Mobile are you from, man? I'm just. Uh, I saw your comment. So, John Stokes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Brown or Walker need to start next year. Look, I don't. I mean, I'll say this about um, the Hank Brown. I was at the game, and um, it was the only sign of life that our offense showed all day. As soon as he came into the game. And I thought that was interesting too. Cause I mean, like I was telling the guys in our member chat, I was, I was, me and Jazzy were, were at the game together. We were texting you guys, like, yo, the sideline's dead. Like I had to tell you, our players don't care about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Hank came in, there was this noticeable uptick and just juice on the sideline. And then he comes out and he's throwing dimes and guys that haven't been catching the ball are catching the ball in stride. So I don't know. That's all we saw. Was it just garbage time in a bowl game that was over? Or is Hank Brown, I mean, what, 40? I think it's 43 touchdowns to one interception his senior year up in Tennessee. So, like, is he just that guy? Um, I would love to find out. I think the, I think, I think he's going to get a good opportunity. And he showed – he. and it was interesting, too, for me to see Holden only get, like, a little brunt. And then he'd be like, nope, I don't – nope, you're out, too. Let me see what Haynes got. Like, it just – it kind of, I don't know if he was just fed up or if he was yeah. like, I do want to see what Hank has. And then look, as far as the Walker White thing, I'm going to remain steadfast in saying that uh, it's just so tough for a true freshman to start. Bo Nix is going to be a first round pick. Uh, he struggled to do it. it coming in as an experienced five star that played high level ball in Alabama, and Walker White has played private school ball in Arkansas. So I'm just not sure if he's going to come in as a freshman and be ready. I would lean towards he's, he's, he's not. But I will say this. I was watching that game Saturday, and I was like, this this boy is talent. Like, the talent is off the charts, man. There is mm-hmm. – I felt like I was – I understand I haven't – I've been, like, reserved on him. But after watching some of those throws Saturday, I was like, okay, this I because we haven't I mean like like me and you get to go to the game. We've seen a lot of these kids. We haven't yeah. get to see we didn't get to see a guy in Arkansas, right? Um, I'm watching that game Saturday and I'm like, oh, okay. This dude can this guy's gonna be a starter one day. Not sure if it's gonna be next year though. So when I was watching the game, uh first play for, for Walk is uh he drops back, he goes to kind of kind of sidearm baseball, toss a little screen out in the flat. And he sees that it's covered. When he sees that it's covered, he's like, all right, well, let me bring this back in. He keeps his eyes down the field, and he says, hey, I have nothing available. Clock's running out. Let me take off real quick. That internal clock was running out. He knew, like, hey, I'm about to get sacked. Tuck it. Pick up as many yards as I can. Picked up two to three yards, all right? That's positive. I'll take that. It's much better than getting sacked. You went from second and 16 to 17 to second and seven. All right. And then you drop back and you throw a 50 yard dime on an absolute wheel route from the heavens, man. I mean, oh, those wheel routes, they're almost unstoppable, right? Uh, And I mean, you throw an absolute dime. Some of the zips and the arm strength on Walker's throws after that. He threw a couple balls. He threw another deep shot. It was a tad underthrown, but that ball's got to be caught. And in college, that ball will be caught. So, one to the sideline that I remember, I think it was like his third drive. That was a rope, dude. A frozen rope. He also had another one to the left sideline, and he kind of like double-clutched on it. I guess a guy flashed in front of him, and uh, and he kind of like double clutched, and then he let it go, and he threw it a little high, 
but I mean, it was just a, a frozen rope. And that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me with Walker White was the internal clock. He will lower a shoulder on you. And then the arm strength, man, a big physical kid. I like that. And then look, man, I'll be honest. Excuse me. Uh, I'll be honest. The quarterback room, it's, it's gotta be open. It's gotta be wide open. Yeah. Everybody's, Everybody who's sitting here saying that Hank Brown did this against a soft zone and wasn't against the starters and all that, let me tell you something. I also go off of body language as well. Hmm, And I saw the Auburn team, the entire body language completely change when Hank Brown took the field. I saw a little life. I saw guys running routes a little bit harder and not half-assing routes like they were. And and you can get mad at me and say, whatever, that I'm downing guys, but I'm not. I'm just telling you what I saw. I felt like guys were half-assing out there. And I didn't see that when Hank come in the game. I saw a little up-tempo, a little pace. Uh, Guys just felt like they had a little bit different swagger about them. So I think I don't care who wins it. I just think it needs to be an open race, and we need a legitimate competition this year Mm -hmm. because that's one thing that we heard last year that, oh, we got a competition. We got a competition. We didn't have no competition. Me and Dustin sat right here all last year. When Peyton Thorne transferred in, we got on here and said, Peyton Thorne, quarterback one. And people were like, well, what about Robbie? And I'm like, there is no competition. It's Peyton Thorne. Like, that, that's your starting quarterback, period. And and then we hear these things, well, Holden's the best ball thrower, all right? We get into the scrimmages, Holden's throwing the best ball. Holden played the best. And it still ended up being Peyton Thorne. There was no competition. Yep. That's not what a competition is about. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just yeah. I want a legitimate competition where Hank Brown gets a look and we get told the truth of it being a legit competition. Every man has equal opportunity to win the job because I felt like it wasn't like that last year. And in order for this team to go somewhere next year, I feel like every man up has to get equal opportunity. Um, I just always said, like I said a couple weeks ago, I just kind of felt like Auburn wasn't going to the transfer portal to get a quarterback. After the bowl game, I said, hey, Auburn might need to go to the transfer portal. But we just kind of felt like me and Dustin talked about we just didn't think Auburn would go get a guy and spend that type of money, you know? Yeah. And then when you saw the Salter kid enter, you were like, okay, well, he might be cheap. You're not going to have to spend a whole lot of NIL on him. Go pick him up. But now you're back to where – there's nobody in the portal, y'all. Right. There's nobody where I could say, that guy right there, Auburn, 10 wins. Go get that guy, 10 wins. If you go get somebody out there, I'm saying, okay, well, Auburn's still a, what, seven, eight win team? Like, I, I just, I think Coach Hugh Freeze wants to stick with his guys that he's got in the room right now. Give everybody equal opportunity, man, and let's have a let's have a quarterback battle. If if walk if the walk show is ready to cook, then let the man cook. I'm okay with. I was okay when 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 Bo did it. Um, do I think it'll happen? No, I don't think Walker will win the job as a true freshman. But if he comes on <laughs> if he comes on campus and he is ready to play, then playing. I want to yeah. win football games, Dustin. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. The good thing is if you follow, uh, if you have an X account, Twitter account, you saw the day that uh, he moved in and he's on campus, he's ready to roll. So we uh, we got a ton of comments, Blake, a lot of good comments tonight. You guys yeah. really are a good conversation. Real quick, man, I'm going to spend 30 seconds on this, and then we got about 
10, 15 minutes where we got to get out of here and get to the basketball game versus Texas A&M tonight. Just real quick, man, I'm not even going to give the whole spill. Just going to touch on these memberships. $3.99 a month. You can get the JV, $5.99 a month. You can get the varsity squad. Uh, you see right here on the screen some of the uh, some of the perks that you can get. And also, look, there's some things on there that uh you know that, uh not or that you get that aren't on there. Excuse me, stumbling over my words. Um, the other the other day, put up a video because everybody was asking about you know the Ron Roberts situation, the Philip Montgomery situation, right? So put up a video just kind of explaining what we were hearing and uh, why things were kind of headed in the direction that they were headed. And uh, so anybody that was a member that watched that video. They got to hear some news that uh, a little bit early, right? That didn't break for another 48 hours or so. So uh, a lot of different kind of perks in there. If you're interested in helping out the podcast, man, you can definitely do that. And also, Blake, I was in Nashville for the Music City Bowl, right? And I'm out there on Broadway Street. I just uh, just came out of the George Strait Bar. And, dude, this guy runs up to me, and he's like, he's like a freezing cold, man, a freezing cold. I need, I need a shirt. Is there any way? Do you know, is there anywhere, do you know, you're up-tempo, right? I said, yeah, man. He was like, God, dude, where could I get some up-tempo merch? I got to have it. I got to have it. I said, brother, I'll tell you where you got to go. You go right <laughs> over to the warpoorshop.com. Go over there to page three. It's only $25. Blake, you're wearing it right now. Show the people. Look at that. Get you that right there. Level up, up-tempo shirt, man. It would help us out. Now, like I said, a lot of you guys – Great, great conversation tonight, and I wanted to get back over here. I got a ton of comments starred, um, so give me just a second to kind of cipher through these. All right, let's see. All right, Thomas Manville with the $5 Super Chat. How about that, Walker White? That kid is special. I agree with you, and one thing, too, is um, I think he's it's, it's a fit for what Hugh wants to do, right? Like you're watching him and you're saying, okay, this arm talent with a Bryce Kane, with a Perry Thompson, with a Cam Coleman, Sign me up. Justin Hamilton, and thank you for the super chat, brother. Uh, Justin Hamilton says, we have to ride or die with the young kids next year, and I think that involves the QB as well. To rebuild, you have to rebuild with the young guys. I like this one, Justin, because this is something me and Blake have been saying in the last couple of weeks concerning expectations heading into next year. I don't know if they should, like what your win-loss total should be. Um, we'll see how the portal in the roster kind of all fills out. We will really know after spring what the roster looks like. But um, just set your expectations reasonable because you make a good point here, Justin. There's going to be a lot of young guys. There's going to be a lot of young pieces that are playing next year. A lot of a lot of redshirt freshmen. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of true sophomores. There's going to be some true freshmen playing. So you're just uh, you're going to have to be patient. There's going to be some growing pains. But if we can just understand that this isn't going to be as quick as maybe we had hoped for originally, or, or some people may have hoped for. But you're getting these young guys' experience. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about next year's schedule. Sometimes I look at it and I go, this is really hard. And sometimes I look at it and go, this is easy. So I'll get get back to me on that one. But uh, I do like this, Justin. I agree with you. As far as uh, I don't know if that involves a QB, it will. I do agree with you. It's going to involve a lot of young pieces. And at some point it might. You know, if Walker's just that guy, uh, he's just that guy. Hank Brown's, Hank Brown's still a, a pup. All right. Right. So, I mean, for sure. You know. For sure. And then let's see. Uh, going back down. Our guy, Chris Causey, gifted five memberships to the Up Tempo podcast. Appreciate you, Chris. That's awesome, brother. Yeah, we, uh, we're we definitely always pumping out content for you guys over there at the memberships. I'm working on something for my national trip as well for you guys, uh, doing some editing and all that kind of stuff now. John Stokes says, Satsuma High School bought a house in Seams. After that, until moved here, my name is Logan. John is his alter ego. Okay. All right. Satsuma. Bought a house in Sims. I grew up in Sims, Alabama, man. So, uh, Mary G. Montgomery and all that good stuff. Yes, sir. Let's see. Robert Smith says, Robbie sucks. Peyton sucks. Both couldn't win eight games with a good team around them. Um, I mean, when did they have a good team around them? Because, like, you could make the argument that Peyton Thorne had a good team around him when he went 11-2, and two, and he won more than eight games yeah. that year. So, and then Robbie was on some trash teams. Like, I'm not saying either one of these guys is elite quarterbacks, but Peyton literally did win more than eight games um, on a good team. So, and then Robbie, like, was, I don't know if he ever was on a good team. Yeah, he didn't play at Oregon, and they weren't great when he was there. So, yeah. And again, I'm not, I'm not claiming, you know, 
Uh, Walker says he's coming to the membership soon. Hey, listen, man, just watching oh, the show, uh, hitting the like button, man, hitting the subscribe button, just being here. Uh, me and Blake say all the time, we get it. The Auburn media space is a crowded, crowded room. And um, our growth has just been tremendous, man. And yeah. so we're, we're just thankful that you guys would come in here, take us seriously, and give us the time, brother. If you, you ain't got to worry about a membership if you don't have to. Yeah, one thing, one thing I'll say, too, is, is before we wrap all this up and get out of here and go watch some basketball, um, Dustin, we had, two, like, 250 people in here Saturday morning. Yeah. And I can tell you that – we remember when there was like 20 people right. in here. We remember when there was like 15 people in here uh, and not a lot of folks were listening. And man, we just appreciate it. We, we appreciate all the comments, everything. Uh, this thing is, you know, people, all the, all the gifted subs and um, you know, the, the super chats and the, the regular chats just filling up the comment section each and every night we get on here. We absolutely love it, man, and and we couldn't thank you guys enough. Yeah, for sure. Our guy Amir's in the chat. Ward Amigo family, what's up? Amir's yeah. a big time supporter as well. Um, all right, guys, we're about to get out of here. Get your last second comments and questions in here. Let's do this real quick, Blake. Predictions for the basketball game tonight. Yep. I'm going to go. Ah, oh, dude, I just. I hate doing it, but until I see us, I'm not going to do it. It's in Neville. I'm going to go Auburn 72, A&M 70. But I am scared to death of this coaching matchup because they have just given us fits. But it's in Neville. I'm going Tiger 72-70, and this is a hardcore bug. I'm here to bug even more, Dustin. <laughs> I'm here to get that get back because they Ooh. come in our house last year, and they beat us by 16 and they shot 40 free throws, and they shot the lights out of it from the three-point line. So we're about to get the get back. All right, Katie Johnson, that animal, the psycho, he's been playing out of his mind. All right, the whole team, Chad Baker-Mazzara, we are going to whoop ass tonight. Give me the Tigers 82-67. to 67. It's a get-back game, all right? It's a get-back game. I love it. Give me Auburn. Give me the fighting Bruce Pearls. Let's go. Everybody picking Auburn. Walker says 73-62. Conservative Cowboy, 87-66. Our guy Chris says, Tigers. Oh, we went Texas A&M. I'm taking you off the screen, Chris. Love you, though, brother. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, we went A&M? Oh, no. Yeah, come on oh, now. No. Uh, all right, and then real quick, my guy Thomas says that he is going to be in Pensacola Sunday to enjoy some warmer weather. Brother, I hate to uh, break the news. First off, holler at me, but uh, it ain't warm, my guy. <laughs> It ain't warm at all. All right. So uh, I, I I hate to burst your bubble, but it cold as hell out there. Yeah, it was like 35 degrees this morning. Yeah, it's going to be like... 34 in the morning. They told us yeah. to leave our sinks dripping tonight on the news. Yeah. So, hey, man, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, it's been a blast, as always, just chopping up with you guys. We will be back Friday at 10 a.m. Probably will be uh, some more, hopefully some more portal additions to talk about. Maybe some coaching changes, some coaches additions. We'll see you guys then. Ward Damigo, let's go get a basketball dub. And, hey, uh, post game, post game yep. over to Ward Port. You'll catch us there. We're out of here. Ward Dam, baby.